Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast by SAP. My name is Tom Raftery, and with me on the podcast today, I have my two special guests, Samer and Michael. Samer and Michael, would you like to introduce yourselves with maybe Samer going first? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, uh, Tom. Uh, my name is Samer Gesa. I uh, I'm the Director of Technology Strategy at TELUS. I've joined TELUS about four years ago. Um, I have around 28 years of uh, experience in the telecommunication field. And my, my job, my role at TELUS is to be the Director of Technology Strategy and Architecture using technologies such as 5G, 4G, or any accompanying platforms that are required. TELUS is a 30-year-old telecommunication and IT provider in Canada that has a very unique social purpose in addition to providing great connectivity. We, uh, we pride ourselves in a lot of the work that we do for good in Canada by connecting Canadians for, for the things that really matter when it comes to communication, but also focus on healthcare and agriculture as two main verticals that have a, a great social impact so we put a lot of efforts in providing solutions uh, on top of connectivity in these two verticals. Yeah, interesting. And Michael, introduce yourself, please. Yeah, thank you, Tom. So my name is Michael Van Veen. I've been with SAP for about 10 years. My main focus is on SAP's go-to-market around 5G. So I'm part of um, the telecommunications practice in SAP. My background is telecommunications. I've been in the telecommunications space for... Well, all of my career, really. Okay. And of course, in the telco space today, and I'm, I don't have a telco background like, like both of you guys, but in the telco space today, the big buzz seems to be around the shift to 5G. I mean, w- what's so great about 5G? That's a great question. There's a lot of um, misconceptions with regards to the evolution of uh, telecommunication industries over time. If you recall the days when we were pre-digital and the analog days, the focus was just on voice connectivity. Uh, That got digitized with GSM. And then from there, every further evolution introduced higher data rates and speeds. And and that also evolved the ecosystem in terms of applications that require mobile connectivity uh, to the stage we're at. Um, Where 4G has done a great job and, you know, creating very, um, uh, very efficient and resilient pipes like we did uh, within our infrastructure at TELUS. But 5G came with a, a design thinking approach to solving customer problems. And we, we as TELUS really took that as an opportunity, opportunity to actually elevate the way we engage our customers um, and solve for problems. So it's no longer about oh, what the kind of technology do and then execute examples based on that. But in fact, understanding the key differences between 4G and 5G are actually enablers for us to work with our customers to solve for their day-to-day challenges. 
if we were to name three major differences, I think I would pick um, some of the 5G capabilities that actually impact the end user directly in the sense of, for example, uh, 5G introduces the concept of slicing. And slicing is a fancy word for saying dedicated quality of service parameters um, that allow a customer to slice out across the radio core and transport certain resources and keep them dedicated to a specific use case. And the various uh, configurations allow us to to basically create private networks for uh, enterprise and sometimes for the use of connected vehicles, some B2B2C use cases, which will actually matter a lot in, in, in solving for those very complex end-to-end uh, requirements from the network. Um, the second would be the aspect of low latency. Um, the standard in 5G uh, extended to allow uh, you know, much lower latency in comparison to, to 4G. 5G came in um, with a bunch of network enablement capabilities. Um, multi-access edge computing coupled with slicing will allow for multiple use cases in, in the health domain, such as, you know, connected vehicles, uh, remote surgeries, which as we see now in the pandemic that we're, we're all living through, has been elevated as an important problem to solve uh, due to the fact that uh, our, our customers are not just in the metropolitan dense urban areas, but also all across Canada. So solving for these problems with our with our with our uh, hospital uh, hospitals and caretaker ecosystem has been the focus for for Telus for the past few years. Oh, interesting. And just if I could do a follow up to that, I mean, if you're talking about remote and, and helping people who, in, who are in remote areas, my understanding is that 5G, while it holds more data, it is better data throughput. I don't think it has the same range. Is that correct? As 4G towers. So how do you how do you serve people who are in remote areas? It's a really good question. It ties really closely to the spectrum uh, the 5G spectrum that we need. And in Canada, um, millions of Canadians uh, do not have access to primary care physicians due to the fact that the the coverage also, uh, even if we apply some of our uh, remote uh, management or remote, remote patient uh, care, um, they lack the coverage. So we acquired 600 megahertz spectrum that we've started to dedicate it to use to, to 5G use cases. And that will help us reach some rural areas, and we've been very busy uh, expanding our 5G footprint in that area. Okay, Michael, have you anything to add to that? No, I'm just I'm just uh, thinking when Samir was talking before about uh, things like uh, you know latency and Mac, and 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 these are all uh, technical terms, and and uh, some of our customers know precisely what that means when we talk about that. We need to step up and embrace those technologies ourselves as well as SAP. So. You know, it's very important for us to um, to really interlock with what telcos can bring in the 5G space and make sure that we leverage those technologies in bringing solutions to market, irrespective of how our customers understand or do not understand what the technology actually means. It's their business requirements that we can finally start meeting now. Okay. And Samar, you mentioned healthcare and agriculture as two sectors that you kind of go deep into. And you, you talked about some of the potential use cases in, in healthcare. Uh, you, you mentioned connected vehicles and remote surgeries. Is that 
the sum of it or is there a lot more or how does that work out? Uh, There's a lot more. Um, You know, TELUS took a, you know, a full bottom to up, you know, top type of approach, understanding that connectivity is an anchor, but it's truly sort of like plumbing. You need to make sure you have the most resilient by design, secure by design, uh, privacy by design, um, you know, plumbing system that Mm -hmm. then allows you to uh, provide real value by combining on top of that connectivity various uh, platform capabilities in healthcare. So, for example, TELUS is one of the um, uh, providers of health solutions in Canada where there's a large uh, percentage of our population, about 16 million existing customers, that actually have access to TELUS health solutions such as patient medical records, such as remote uh, um, you know, uh, remote doctor uh, capabilities and in the systems that allow hospitals, doctors, and patients to talk to each other so that you don't have to carry around any, uh, any more like paper sort of uh, uh, pharmacy, uh, um, uh, you know, um, prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that allows then that the full ecosystem to be really optimized. So, and, and, and again, with the three major principles that we approach for example, we work uh, very uh, closely with a couple of hospitals in Canada by integrating 5G connectivity within the ambulances. Uh, what we're seeing is this is allowing medics on the field as they go about doing their job to be ac- to get access to quick, whether medical help or even technical help. For example, a medic would be able to share a video using a connected device that would be 5G enabled. And the the connected device will have a camera. It will actually be able to share video and voice directly with the back-end emergency doctors if required, or simply in the case of this need help changing an oxygen tank in the field. So a lot of those are are we seeing as sort of over-the-top use cases that are coming in. Now those are 5G uh, enabled and allow for enhancing the experience for the medics, which also means in uh, saving lives. Um, the other example with regards to 5G is actually within the hospital ecosystem itself. We're seeing um, a trend of see what I see, plus also uh, some of the X-ray, and some of the medical equipment that does imaging. They require uh, fast, uh, secure, and resilient and private but more importantly, quick access uh, because their mobile stations, they're, lo- they're no longer the very heavy equipment. They actually can be dragged around from one room to the other. And having access to that to happen in real time could actually also mean life-saving decisions that need to happen by the medical staff. So as hospitals are evolving, their needs for mobility within the hospital and outside are also maturing to the point where 5G at this time comes in with a lot of uh, supporting uh, solutions. And in, in that kind of scenario, Samar, and excuse my ignorance here now, but in that kind of scenario, what advantage does 5G within a hospital have over the likes of Wi-Fi? They, they play a very complementing role. Um, what 5G does, because of the focus on mobility, uh, a lot of connected uh, devices that use Wi-Fi have a problem managing 
uh, moving of the equipment from one place to the other, different access points, uh, handover from one cell to, to the other. So from a, a sort of stationary Wi-Fi works fairly well, but the moment you actually start to introduce, I need quality of service parameters, I need to be able to move this, maybe even with the patient from outside of the hospital to inside of the hospital, a lot of the sensors for uh, blood sugar monitoring, heart rate monitoring, um, ECG type of equipment need to be also uh, fairly mobile. And, and a lot of those then need proper 5G uh, connectivity in order to maintain the session when you're outside or inside of the hospital. So I think they'll play a very complementary role between y standards like Wi-Fi 6 and 5G. But at a certain point, this, the, the scale of deployment of 5G is going to, as we see millions or even billions of 4G, 4G connectivity, you'll also be able to see that form factor, which is uh, allows batteries to last longer because it's optimized for a smaller form factor. Uh, the cost is going to come down of the chipsets for 5G. So you're starting to see wearables, whether now uh, smart watches or smart continuous glucose monitors, monitoring that cater for both 5G and Wi-Fi, depending on where the user is going to be. Fascinating. Michael, have you seen any other use cases for 5G like that? So what we're seeing is that whenever we find a, a good, exciting use case in some industry, that generally um, common principles carry over to other industries. And what we're also seeing is that when you develop use cases for a certain industry, like in healthcare, they tend to uh, connect to adjacent industries. So examples would be where you see uh, commonalities between using a digital twin in healthcare. You could also look at using digital twin in manufacturing as an example. And if you look at use cases in healthcare and you connect them to insurance and pharmaceuticals, you can start thinking about um, supply chain and cold chain in particular for the transportation of, of uh, uh, vaccines that need to be uh, maintained under certain conditions when traveling, transporting from A to B. So, so no use case typically stands on its own. Once you start developing a use case in one industry, one environment, um, you tend to quickly find um, connected use cases, so to speak, or you find duplicates in other industries. So it scales up really well, I must say, yeah. Okay, very good. And how are SAP and TELUS working together? I mean, what, what kind of joint uh, projects are we doing and how is that benefiting customers? So uh, the starting point is, uh, is the 5G Innovation Council, which uh, SAP started up about three or four years ago, which brings together a number of great brands um, around the principle and the question of how do we monetize on 5G. And the council includes the leading telecommunications companies like Telus for Canada. So that was just, that's an important starting point for us. And to complement, I think we we were uh, very quick to uh, join the uh, the 5G Innovation Council that uh, SAP uh, has set up. Um, we, we believe we share the same design thinking approach to solving customer problems. Um, and we know we're good at the network and the 5G aspects of it. And SAP is really good at also understanding the various building blocks of the, the, the solutions, whether it's 5G plus edge computing. And, and of course, that also allows us to address some of the, the, the important questions that our customers may have in mind, whether with regards to on-prem, do I have complete uh, you know, access to 
uh, you know, the security and the privacy of the data. Um, those are all very important questions that when we work together, we have answers for. Um, and in our case, we, we took uh, a couple of our examples where we engaged, uh, you know, hospitals. We demonstrated that to the larger council as potential ideas where can be replicated. So we take and give ideas within that forum that allows us to leverage together a much more coherent end-to-end -end solution rather than having the customer piece things together. So I think that's a, a much more uh, customer-centric approach uh, that, that helps, helps yield a win-win-win for all the partners. Fantastic. And what's next for 5G and, and healthcare? Is it 6G, 7G? <laughs> that, that is a great question. Um, uh, you know, historically, if you look at the various iterations of technology, starting from 2G, 2.5G, 2.75G, 3G, 3.5G, 4G, 4G+, and now 5G, we're expecting the evolution from the capabilities uh, to reflect uh, that of what our customers really truly need in the in the in their domains so in healthcare um one of the key things that as we as we mentioned was the combination of both mobile and fixed uh traffic uh, aggregating in a in an access mechanism that allows to make you know that makes sense to the end user so there is a seamless uh, uh interaction but if you take that and look at how health fits within the larger ecosystem Within health, you'll find connected car use cases. Within health, you'll find connected drones use cases. So massive IoT uh, deployment. What we, what we project we'll see is an explosion of wearable devices, which will uh, all need to be connected under one ecosystem, but allow, allows for the end user to own their data in a way that allows them to decide what they give access to. So there's an evolution from access to data that is powered by seamless connectivity, whether you're fixed on a mobile uh, uh, network, and access becomes sort of transparent. But you expect your device to work not just within Canada, but also when you travel approach, uh, abroad. So that's why at TELUS, we're also looking at the evolution of connectivity towards a global connectivity. And we partner up with our partners to ensure whether we are connecting a wearable device that then gets to travel abroad, how the roaming uh, aspects of that uh, device will be taken care of from a connectivity point of view, but at how it also handles, uh, you know, uh, moving the application. So, you know, take an example of a connected ambulance that may need to cross the border. That connected ambulance with that ecosystem of applications, whether AR, VR, uh, or simply just data analytics and transferring data patient uh, a vital signs back uh, to to the emergency doctor. How would that work if the patient, you know, needs to to be uh, uh, traveling across the border? Uh, that connected vehicle itself is it uh, semi-autonomous or autonomous or remotely operated? At a certain point, uh, whether it's a drone or a connected vehicle, the application needs to talk across various other uh, non-operator. Uh, non-home operator uh, grounds, and that then allows for the evolution of the standards. So yes, faster, more responsive, but also seamless in terms of connectivity. And I think that's another aspect with the evolution of 5G for healthcare, with the standards we'll see slicing as a service that comes across multi-nations, 
uh, edge computing, as Michael mentioned, running your application load close to the end user. Also means connected vehicles and the likes will also require such functionality in the future. So the standards will also evolve to actually reach that end state of connectivity uh, uh, everywhere, but also the application access will also be coupled with that uh, uh, everywhere approach. Um, and I'm curious, a lot of healthcare wearable sensors today operate using a personal area network to you know interact with your mobile phone and then use the phone's connectivity to get to the the, the wider network. Are you saying that in time wearables will go direct and not go through the phone? They, they can. In certain cases, what you'll see um, right now, the personal hotspots that most people use uh, or the data connectivity that on the phone uh, is sufficient for, um, I would say, the non-life critical or non-real-time requirements for data. But um, we're seeing the need also to ensure that these devices work indoor and outdoor um, it, it, within the local coverage or outside. And that would mean uh, that the dedicated, for, for, let's take a very small example. Uh, we actually did a, a very, uh, very uh, important exercise to help uh, the elderly with, uh, you know, manage the isolation symptoms of them being locked down under the various lockdown areas that we've had. Mm-hmm. And, and with those connected tablets that we actually gave out to the elderly um, we actually insisted on not using Wi-Fi and using LTE and 5G because of the fact that they have requirements to move around. They go out of their uh, rooms to, you know, outside and having that companion device that allows them to play game, engage with their loved ones, uh, watch YouTube anywhere. That's that basic, uh, you know, use case actually improved by 60% the feeling of isolation. So, um, again, connectivity everywhere, but the application access needs to be everywhere. In certain cases, depending on on the actual application, simply having a hotspot works, but when it requires that you're actually measuring, you know, vitals in real time, you would want to make sure it's got its own dedicated quality of service parameter, assured, uh, you know, slices of connectivity that actually provide the best coverage for that device. So it will be a combination of both for a while, but it's more leaning towards dedicated, like you now see uh, cars with connected uh, SIM cards, drones are being connected, um, and and that is no longer just dependent on a Wi-Fi hotspot. Okay, Michael? What I'm hearing Samir saying is uh, we, we will see many, many more capabilities coming out of that infrastructure. And as SAP is going to be consuming that infrastructure, so to speak, to create ever more interesting use cases for our customers, I would expect there to be um, a great choice of APIs from the infrastructure for us to to start consuming. So we need to start thinking about how we get um, more aligned from a capabilities perspective um, with the underlying infrastructure. Um, And when it boils down to healthcare, I, I, I I can only... um, think about the number of network slices that we will see growing with the number of people using the capabilities, using the number of use cases we will see happening. So if, if I look at the growing requirements and how the business in 5G is growing in general and moving towards 60, um, I think it's going to be a huge challenge to work out exactly how all the network slicing is going to be managed. 
So I would I would say that the network and the applications, both software driven, will get more and more integrated, will get more closely aligned, but will also get more empowered by the use of artificial intelligence to make it all work. The complexity needs to be managed. And it's, I would say it is probably going to be too complex for, for people to manage behind a, a computer screen. And, and I think that is the only way to actually start meeting the the um, to start meeting the expectations that people have from the technology that's being rolled out. Fair enough. Good. Good. Okay, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now, folks. Is there any question I haven't asked that you wish I had, or any aspect of this that we've not addressed that you think it's important for people to be aware of? Samra, maybe you want to go first. No, I think um, the, the future is very bright for, for 5G and healthcare. Um, I, I think the, a lot of our explorative work and the co-creation approach that we work with our end users and, and finding the right partnerships like we are now in, in discussions with SEP, finding the best of uh, you know the network and the best of the application is truly uh, are truly powerful tools in order to solve for what customers are actually uh, hoping that the technology delivers for them. Our approach, uh, as mentioned, is one of collaboration and co-creation. So when we find the challenge statement with our customers, we seek out to test that proposition uh, of a combination of best of network, best of platform. But we do that in what we call innovation hubs. So. Innovation hubs are created so that we take a premise of a challenge, find the right partnerships. We don't claim to know the best. So we actually, the subject matter experts are all out there. And the likes of SAP and some of their engagements and their solutions combined with our network capabilities, combined with a very clear focused challenge is our way of showing how healthcare and 5G will actually deliver the right results to our customers. Um, so we, 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 we challenge everyone to engage us and, and reach out to understand how we can work together to find the right combination, because that's the most assured way of finding uh, the right uh, mixture between those two areas. Um, and it also uh, results in quicker to market and helps the, the digital transformation, which is on top of agenda of multiple CIOs in the health industry. Uh, copy paste across the various verticals because it, it yields the basic building blocks for how to succeed uh, with 5G in the various verticals. Okay, Michael? Yes, I think there's one question that um, you could still have asked Tom. What about the patient, right? What about the patient? So if, if a patient gets um, to see the benefits of all these services, if, if I were a patient walking into uh, a 5G empowered hospital um, and I would see how the doctor, um, as he walks into his office where I'm sitting waiting for him, immediately has all my data on his computer screen how does all that work? Where is my data? How secure is my data? What happens to it? And um, yeah, is, it, is it in the right hands? Will my data not be used, for instance, to manipulate the fee I'm paying for my insurance, as an example? So I, I think it's important that the more we digitally transform healthcare, that we find ways to, to reassure patients that the data is, in fact, in good hands. Maybe we should look at you know, look even closer at making sure that the data is put in their own hands. So I think there's a couple of maybe ethical, philosophical questions that could still be asked that we um, probably have to look for the answers for too. Okay, superb, superb. Gentlemen, if people want to know more about yourself, Samer, 
or yourself, Michael, or about TELUS or 5G or any of the topics we discussed today, where would you have me direct them? Both on LinkedIn, most of the social media uh, would be a good destination. There's a lot to discover in terms of what we do uh, as solutions, but there's also a lot of information about our, our, our social capitalism approach and, 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 and some of the four good projects that we do uh, out there. Uh, and I'm available, obviously, on, on, on LinkedIn and on, on Twitter for any sort of uh, uh, approach. And um, we would love to see how we can work together with any partner to solve for uh, our customers' problems in 5G and our customer challenges in 5G. This is, I think, the, the right approach of uh, co-creation and, and uh, solving for a common uh, cause. And, and as, as Michael mentioned, those questions with regards to uh, what can be done? There's a lot of potential in terms of, uh, you know, identity, uh, security. There are core uh, principles in our design stage that we tick off once we get to the point of understanding what is it that we want to solve for? What are the pain points that our customers are trying to address? So uh, happy to engage in those discussions with anyone that's listening to the podcast today. Uh, and, and you'll find that we're very open to understanding how everyone uh, plays a role in uh, addressing our customers' challenges uh, using 5G. Great. And Michael? Yeah, Tom, so there's a lot of information I think people will be able to find on the SAP website. So uh, outside of that, um, I'd be very happy to engage with anyone who's interested in discussing the topic, looking at partnering, looking at creating the ecosystem around 5G. And people can find me on LinkedIn. So that's probably the easiest way to contact me directly. Superb. And we'll put those links in the show notes as well to your social profiles and the, the pages on TELUS and on SAP so people can find them easily enough. That's been really interesting, folks. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Tom, for your time. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries.